Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Day four of the WTA Finals is in the books as we come to you from the stockyards in Fort Worth. Postgame coverage presented by SAP. Everybody has played two matches now, and the knockout round is starting to come into focus. Coming up on tonight's TC Live, Iga Sviantek has won half the tournaments she's entered this year. And apparently she wants more. The world number one took another step towards the year-end title today. Meanwhile, in Paris, Novak Djokovic had a case of deja vu, meeting the man who beat him in the Paris final four years ago. Would history repeat itself? Plus, a lot to choose from for our hot shot tonight, but we've got a doozy, one that may even make Fabio Fonini and Gael Monfils jealous. As we say howdy for TC Live on a Thursday night. So glad that you're with us with a couple of Hall of Famers, Lindsay Davenport and the human embodiment of the group that played tonight, Tracy Austin. I'm just curious, have you called Nancy Ritchie at all? Do you guys have like a friendly wager on which group's going to produce the champion? Of course, we have this long text going, but no betting because there's no betting in tennis. I got to You got to go with Tracy's group. You would think. Ega. Come on. Ega against the field. Uh, somehow I had a If we know one thing about Tracy, she's competitive. Somehow she wound up with Ega. I want Ega in my group. And she got Ega in her group. Let's get right to the action from Fort Worth stage two of the round robin for Tracy's group. We're calling it the queen of rolling hills group because you were the queen on Halloween. Uh, and starting with the two winners from Tuesday, here's Ega and Caroline Garcia. Lindsay. This is me. And, Hi, Tracy. Yep, and this is an interesting matchup because it was Garcia, actually, who beat Iga the last time that they played. That was on clay. That was in Warsaw. And Garcia actually got the break in the opening game. But as we've seen Iga do all year, she somehow figures it out. Serve has improved. Her forehand has improved. Mentality has improved this year. She's won so many matches and lots of hop on that first serve. Garcia not able to control it. Garcia continuing to play ultra aggressive, but here you see right there is defense, and then Sviantek is able to turn it into offense. And she really seems to love this court. This is a low bouncing, slow court, and that makes it tough for Garcia. Those approaches have to be perfect, otherwise, Igor Sviantek has plenty of time for the passes, and she hit many of them. Would you believe that is her 14th win of the year against a top 10 opponent and her 14th straight? Igor spoke to Stephen Chanda after. What did you change in your game to get it done? Well, for sure I was more ready for her aggressive game, you know, so um, I knew I... I can't crack, you know, and I have to kind of uh, just get all of these balls back with uh, the same amount of speed and um, not kind of show her that um, that it's getting into me, you know, the, the pressure that she's putting on opponents. So, um, yeah, Cairo, she's playing great this season, and, and you can see that. So I'm proud of myself that tactically I was really composed and I could um, be focused till the end of the match and just keep my game on. And that she did. And that brings us to the late match. The two women who lost on Tuesday, Coco Goff 
Starry has it Keena, pretty much a, a must win for both of them. It was, and we were wondering how Goff was going to come back after losing two doubles and her previous singles in the round robin. And she started off really well, up 4-1. But then Kazakina really dug her heels and started aiming more shots to the forehand wing of Goff. And poor Goff just really collapsed with her confidence and started missing some shots. Coming to net, she was trying to finish points, but the errors kept coming. And it was Kazakina who got through kind of a scrappy first set. And she rode that confidence through into the second set. Again, targeting the forehand. Goff ended up with 32 errors off the forehand wing. Misjudged that shot. It, you know, honestly, it, parts, it was hard to watch. Goff was not herself out there. Saw tears in the match as well. This is a player who looks burned out at just 18 years of age in her home country. A lot of credit to Kazakina who played solid and did what she needed to do to get this win. 43 unforced errors total for Coco, just 13 for Kazakina. Coco won just 45% of her first serve points. So here are the standings after two stages of the round robin. Sviantek is on top of the Austin group. She is in to the semifinals. Garcia and Kazakina will play on Saturday. The winner advances. The loser is out, and Coco Goff is eliminated with that loss tonight. So as we analyze this, let's preface it by saying Coco Goff has done some amazing things this year. She made a Grand Slam final. She's gotten to four in the world. But as Lindsay said, Tracy, that match was tough to watch. The forehand went away. The serve had very little power at times. What were you seeing from her tonight? I think it's the forehand, and I think that leads, leads to the disintegration of her confidence at, into the serve as well. You know, Coco went up 4-1. She was striking the ball beautifully on the forehand. I thought, okay, it's going to be a great night. The contact point was very similar all the time. And even Kazakina was playing a lot to the backhand side, which was very surprising. Then you could see the shift where Coco started hitting a few off the frame, a few too far out in front, a few too far back. And then the coach, Carlos, he said to start to play the forehand more. And then it starts to really just, I think that's why Coco goes to the net so much, because she doesn't want to hit a forehand. She started hitting more drop shots as well. She doesn't feel like she can rally consistently on that side. And it's hard to watch because they go way far out. They go halfway up the net, very difficult situation for her. She started crying. Yeah, it, you know, in the beginning, we were always wondering about Coco's serve, the second serve mm -hmm. and the double faults, and we would track those in matches. And this season, it's shifted more to the forehand, and it just seemed to all come out after she lost that first set. Really tough scenes on that changeover. She was sobbing. And, um, you know, you never want to see this with a player, especially a young player, it's the first season that she's not under the age eligibility. She's played over 20 tournaments. She's looked exhausted. She kind of looked the same in Guadalajara. And I think for a player that was such a great junior, it's been so fun to get to the top. But also, you're, normally, you, you don't take five losses in a row. Yeah. From the two in Guadalajara with the singles and the doubles, and then you start here with losing two doubles and the other singles. I, I think it's a lot for her. I, I actually hope... Maybe her season's done tonight. She goes back. She's only 18. Let's let her have some fun. And we want to see her playing with a smile. We forget, because she's been on our radar screen for so long, that she st is still only 18. It is still a learning process, and this is a heady place uh, to learn your trade in front of the best eight players in the world. So with that, let's pivot to the men who are in Paris for the last regular season event of the year. And a big moment for Carlos Alcaraz on Monday in Paris. He got his trophy for becoming the world number one, the 28th number one since the ATP started keeping the rankings. But he has not locked up the year-end number one. He can do that if he wins the title in Paris. Today, the man in his way was Grigor Dimitrov. Uh, what a match that Alcaraz played. He was so aggressive from the start. 
going after his shots and really all over the Dimitrov serve. We know that second serve has been a weakness of Dimitrov and didn't Alcaraz make him feel it today. Dimitrov ended up winning something 20-something percent of points on his second serve. I love the way Alcaraz is dealing with this pressure of trying to finish the year ranked number one. Doesn't really look like anything is bothering him. It's been a big year for him. We talk about golf, but then you also look at Alcaraz. Wins a slam as a teenager, playing for number one, and a different mentality right now down the stretch. Playing well and really looking at a pretty sure thing to end the year at number one. Grigor won just five points on his second serve in this entire match. Alcaraz was all over it all day as Carlitos picks up his 57th match win of the year. That's a big number as he takes out Dimitrov one and three. Interesting match for Novak Djokovic today, taking on Corinne Hatchinoff, the man who beat him in the Paris final four years ago, Tracy, but there would be no repeat. Yeah, it was tight for the first half of the first set. Hatchinoff could hang for a little while, but then if you leave one ball hanging, Djokovic just steps up, and look how he pushes Hatchinoff further and further behind the baseline, and so he really pushed him in the 10th game of that first set. Djokovic just so good on defense, mixing it up with variety, and then when he has the opportunity, pulling the trigger and just pushing Hatchinoff into another mistake. And in the second set, it looked like Djokovic just felt, played with so much freedom. He was serving better. Just He actually said, I really felt the, the switch. I flipped the switch, and I was just playing so well in that second set, so decisive, so authoritative. And guys won here six times. I mean, he has not lost since 2018 in Paris, so he feels pretty good on this particular court. And he looks good. This is actually going to be his 11th match win in a row. So he hasn't played as many tournaments as he normally does because of the COVID situation. But in the fall, he has really picked it up and uh, is just striking the ball beautifully. How about 11 in a row? How about 19 of his last 20 since the start of Wimbledon? Advances 4-1 and one in a buck 27. Here's Novak with Prakash after the match. You know, I'm playing some of my best tennis, to be honest. You know, in the second part of the year with Wimbledon Championship, um, that was a huge win for me and a huge relief as, as well with everything that was going on in the first six months. So, uh, you know, I've, I've been very uh, motivated and inspired to play the best tennis. And I haven't played too many tournaments this year. A uh, very unusual year for me. So I feel fresh mentally, physically, emotionally. I am as I said, pumped to end the season in best possible way. In the process of doing that, as we go to this match, and alas, Tracy, the fairy tale has come to an end for Gilou, Gilles Simone, last career tournament, had wins against Andy Murray and Taylor Fritz, but not Fields. Well, both of those were three setters, and the crowd had done their job. They were so partisan for Simone, 37 years old, played for a couple of decades, but he's playing against Felix who now has won three titles in a row, 25 match wins indoors this year. So he's playing the most confident tennis that he's ever played. So that first set, 6-1, all one-way traffic, and these drop shots, they were really getting to the legs of Simone. He hit a number of them at opportune times, and it was all one-way traffic. And Simone just said, I'm coming in. Might be my last point. His legs started to buckle there, but it was a really nice handshake and very gracious from Felix Auger-Aliassime. Felix extends his win streak to 15 matches, but uh, he rightly stepped out of the way as the crowd chanted for Gilou one more time. 
tears in his eyes. A, a merci, Gilou, on the camera lens from Felix. Here's some fun facts on this man who I guess got overshadowed in his French generation by the Sangas and the, the Gasquets and the Monfises, but 14 titles, over 500 wins, a Davis Cup title in 2017, 34 wins against top 10 players. Kind of a beast for guys his size, wouldn't you say? Yeah, 14 matches in majors that went over four hours. That's attributed, I would think, to his game style. Merci, Gilou, as he says au revoir. Lots to get to still on TC Live. We will take a look at the two Americans left in Paris when the day began, Foe and T. Paul. Stay with us. TC Live is presented by SAP, official technology partner of the WTA. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Back on TC Live, presented by SAP. Have you checked out Tennis.com today? If you have, you've seen all the latest headlines and info from Fort Worth and Paris. You've seen news of Naomi Osaka starting a business partnership that focuses on meditation, part of her mental health journey. And Steve Tignor digs into why Rafa has struggled with the Americans this year. Tiafo at the Open, now Tommy Paul here in Paris. All that more on Tennis.com. And with that, we head back to Paris to check on the Americans. Foe had won 13 matches since the start of the U.S. Open, looking for 14 today against Alex Diemenor, Lindsay. And Brett, he's getting oh so close to locking up a top 20 year-end ranking. He's played so well this year, Foe, and he continued it today. Diemenor coming off a win over Medvedev, his first win over a top five player. And it was Francis. So aggressive on this court against Dimonari. Had some time today. Dimonari maybe just a little bit flat emotionally after that big win. And Francis, the opposite, able to come back from a breakdown in the second. Love the way Francis has taken advantage of this fall. This has been huge. It's been a great year for him, a year of growth, a year of improving his game. And guess what? His year is not done. More matches to play in Paris. Remember, he saved seven out of seven break points yesterday. Well, he saved four out of five today. So Francis playing the big points. Well, he gets Felix tomorrow. And that takes us to the other American, Tommy Paul, back 24 hours after knocking out Rafa, biggest win of his career, Tracy. And he gets another Spaniard in Carino Busta. Yeah, you always worry. Will Tommy Paul had a letdown after such a big win? And the answer is a resounding no. He has grown so much this year. Tape A, he's always had a wonderful backhand. His defensive skills are at the top of the game. His forehand has improved. His offensive skills, his net skills. Tommy served so well today. He only he faced one break point the entire match. And that's tough against Karenia Busta, who's a very good returner. So it's so fun to see Tommy Paul actually have his best year on tour ever. This is his 39th match win. That's the most he's ever had. This is Tommy's third top 20 win this week, all against Spanish opponents. Batista good round one, Rafa round two, and now Karenia Busta in the round of 16. Still more to come on the program, including one young American who has played her way into the Australian Open. We'll tell you about it when TC Live returns after this.
Back on TC Live and back to Paris, where the rise of Holger Rune continues. Three straight finals coming into this event, and now, Lindsay, another top ten win against Andre Rublev. Yeah, what an amazing job by this teenager to just keep this momentum going this fall. Yeah, we've had OJ Aliassime do so well this fall. Alcaraz is playing for the number one ranking. But it's Holger Rune who's now into the top 20. He's consistently winning against great players. That's his 17th match win just since the U.S. Open. Love the way how he comes out to compete each and every day. Rublev looked a little frazzled. He came here to Paris to secure his spot in Turin. He was able to do that. Always love to see the excitement from Rublev. You never know what you're going to get. But he was not pleased not getting through this. But again, there goes Holger. That's uh, another top 20, top 10 win for him in the last 24 hours. He got Urkot yesterday, gets Rublev today. So quarterfinals are set now in this Masters 1000 event. It'll be Oje Aliassim against Big Foe. Alcaraz gets Runa, their old rivals from the next-gen days. Djokovic leads Musetti 2-0 in the head-to-head. -head. They played in Dubai this year. And Tsitsipas leads Tommy Paul 2-0 in the head-to-head. -head. But Tommy Paul's beaten everybody, so you never know. Now we spin it back to Fort Worth for some doubles. How about the NAFTA duo of Dabrowski and Olmos, Canada and Mexico, taking on the former Roland Garros champion, Elena Ostapenko and Ludmila Kitchenov. Yeah, Dabrowski and Olmos in the near court, and that's Juju Olmos with the amazing lob. That's such a good play for them. Juju has such a great lob, and Dabrowski is so quick around the net. Both these teams have won two titles this year, and both coming into this match had lost two days ago, so they needed a win. It was a tight first set. Dabrowski and almost get through, and then it was, watch this point. How could she miss this ball? Such a crucial point in the match tiebreak at five all. And this is now match point, and it's on the racket of Ostapenko, and she hits another overhead in the net, and now almost serving at match point up, and Dabrowski and almost get through. She what got, a tight match. I think she got blinded by her own collar, Ostapenko. So uh, anyway, here is your tournament summary presented by SAP after day four in Fort Worth. Iga Shviantek, two wins in straight sets. She wins the Tracy Austin group. Coco Goff drops to 0-2. Without winning a set, she is eliminated. And so simple. No math necessary, right? You win <laughs> no, it. Oh, I like it. It's almost like they tailor-made this for your group, Tracy. Winner between Garcia and Kazakina gets the second spot in the semis. Okay? Okay. Let's uh, take a look at the social net on this Thursday. Starting with great news for Katie McNally. The Cincinnati native has had a great fall, and she has earned the wild card challenge into the Australian Open courtesy of the USTA, guys. Yes, this is very exciting for Katie. She got to a couple of quarters over in Europe and with semifinals as well. Tomorrow she's in the quarters of Midland. Plays actually against Sophia Kennan, but she's accumulated enough points but she actually might be able to get in directly because she's ranked about 110 right now. Then it would go to probably Taylor Townsend, that wild card. So really important how things shake, up, shake out in the next couple of days. Yeah, it's great to see that for Katie. She's worked so hard on her singles game this year. She had immediate success in the doubles. But love it. She's gone to some lower tournaments. She's tried to get that ranking up. We're going to see her no matter what in Melbourne and a great opportunity for her to get more ranking points and get more experience. Uh, Madison Brengel finished second in the wildcard challenge, but she's into Australia on her ranking, so it would go to Townsend. This is Daniil Medvedev back in Monte Carlo a day after losing 
to Tommy Paul, and he, he's on stroller duty. Yeah. How fast did he get to the private jet to get back to Monte Carlo to see his wife and new baby girl? She was so pregnant at the U.S. Open, his wife, but she wasn't watching his matches. She was kind of staying behind the scenes. So a lot of people may be a little bit surprised, but a lot of joy now for him, and you get a different perspective when you go home to a little baby after a loss. Three weeks old. Nice job, Daniil, getting on the stroller. And speaking of Medvedev, we pulled this off of TikTok. This is a random club player doing a Medvedev impersonation. Tracy, he's got all the tentacles of the tennis octopus going. Ah, <laughs> uh, that forehand's pretty similar. The backhand is right on <laughs> with on. that foot going behind the other foot, right? Actually, this is, uh, I think this is a pro. He's ranked around 138, they said. Really? Yeah, that's what they said. And that forehand, what do you think, Lindsay? Oh, my goodness. But that backhand, he does yeah. hit it that way. It looks good. It looks good. Maybe this guy, if he spent more time practicing and less time doing his impersonations, <laughs> he'd be higher than 138 in the world. That's what they Just said on loud. social media. That's the exact quote. Right, <laughs> he, nice could, he could mimic Medvedev more often. That would help. Okay, Squidward, thanks for the highlights. Let's show you the coverage plan for tomorrow. Quarterfinals in Paris start at 9 a.m. Eastern time. Then at 2.30 p.m. Eastern, we'll begin the coverage of day five of the WTA finals in Fort Worth. TC Live is a tweener tomorrow, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, between the day session and the night session in Fort Worth, and then the night session in Fort Worth. Back in a moment. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back on TC Live, here's our hot shot of the day. It comes from the young Italian Lorenzo Musetti. Bottom of your screen here against Casper Ruud. Okay, guys, what do we think compared to the other shots? Hot shots of the day. Look at this one. Worthy. That's a worthy backhand. It is. I don't know if Tommy Paul's yesterday was better, maybe, since he has a two-hander and he went to the one hand. That is pretty sweet from Musetti. Uh, he gets the win as well, which is even sweeter for Musetti. So he is into the quarterfinals in Paris. Let's give you our featured matches for Friday. All the quarterfinals in Paris to start, it'll be Faux against Felix, Alcaraz against Aruna. They met in the next-gen finals just a year ago, Djokovic against Musevi, Sitsipas, Paul, and then the two matches from the Ritchie group in Fort Worth, and we'll have coverage for you throughout the day. For the Paris side of things, let's check in with Danny and Prakash. All right, Brett, quarterfinal Friday features two very talented teenagers going head-to-head. -head. you got Holger Runa, you've got Carlos Alcaraz. Yep. Is there any chance for Runa to pull off the upset? I, I certainly think so. I, I look, I think it's a different situation than it was last year. I mean, it's a different situation for both of them when Carlos took him out pretty comfortably in, in, the, in three abbreviated sets at the next-gen finals. But Holger has the kind of power to be able to punch through the speed of Alcaraz. It's just a matter of can he keep this up because Alcaraz is just looking so comfortable out there. But uh, I think we're in for a treat. I think it's going to be a lot closer than that next-gen finals match. Looking forward to a very exciting quarterfinal Friday here in Paris. All right, guys, thank you very much. A couple of matches from tomorrow that we want to take a closer look at. Let's start with Felix and Foe. They've both been red hot. Nobody hotter than Felix with those three straight titles. How do you see that playing out? 
I'm very excited for that one because Francis seems really hungry right now. He's so professionally talked today to actually to Prakash about how he's eating better and how he's sleeping better and how he feels like he's a different player since getting to uh, the semis at the U.S. Open. He said today, I'm coming for you, Felix. So <laughs> that's the one that I want to look for. It's a playful I'm coming for oh, you, though, right? Oh, it's Francis with that big smile, of course. He's never been mean to anybody, I don't think. Uh, let's also look at the, the women's side. Uh, it's been a rough go for Jesse Pagula, 0-4 with the singles and the doubles. She gets Sabalenka tomorrow. What does she need to do to win that match? I think if you're Pagula, you just put yourself in the mind frame of I, this is the last match, besides the Billie Jean King Cup, that I'm going to try and get a win here in Fort Worth. It's been tough going for the Americans. But, you know, it, it's interesting against Sabalenka. Give her a lot of credit. This has been a really tough year she got the service yip. She was fighting through some injuries, and she's still in the top ten. She's still qualified for this tournament. She's got something to play for still. Let's see if she brings the energy. I'd like to see Pagula finish on a, on, a, on a high note. She had a fantastic year. She's up to three in the world. Hasn't played like it yet. I, I think we'll see a, a more energized Jess And if things break right mathematically, she still could make the semifinals, but a lot of things would have to go her way. That is going to do it for us on this edition of TC Live. Big quarterfinal Friday in Paris tomorrow and day, what, five of the round robin in Fort Worth. And a big tip of the chapeau to Gilles Simone, the end of a, an illustrious career today. Merci, Gilles.